and take a trip down on my block when you see hidden potential young minds sharper than pencil and ain't afraid to speak they mind if they got something against you we standing with you we tackle issues like civic pride hate will cease to exist let's put our differences aside from my side to your side from dutch town to south side from penrose to north side from benton park to old north to west end the west side we bless when we step out we stand down rise up stand together wise up this is Stitch Cast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. This is Stitch Cast Studio Live. In our latest episode, we talk about how misunderstandings can lead to fear with our special guest, Mark Riddell, a junior at Washington University studying gender and sexuality, and writer, director, and producer, Merlin Bell. Check it out. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Hello, everybody. Under the sound of my voice, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitchcast Studio. I'm your host, Brandon, and I am accompanied by a member of our Stitchcast and two very special guests today. We have Merlin with us that we haven't seen in a real long time. It's great to have you back, Wes. Great to have you back. We definitely missed you, as you saw when you came in. You know, it's good to be back, Brandon. Uh, I missed everyone here. Um, I hope things were going well since I just kind of took a little hiatus, but I'm back. Beautiful. And we also have Mark with us. Mark has actually been on a podcast with us before, but so Mark, how you feeling? Um, I'm feeling really, really good. So if this isn't your first podcast, I'm talking to our listeners now, if this isn't your first podcast, then you might be aware that we've been doing a series on how misunderstanding a group of people can lead to fearing that group of people and that fearing that group of people could actually lead to hating that group of people. And so we've been doing this series in hopes of kind of clearing up any misunderstandings that we might have for any groups of people in hopes that we can bring 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 a little more peace to the world. We don't we don't need to be hating each other out here, especially when when the when the hate isn't rooted in a uh legitimate reason a lot of we we'd be surprised at how much not understanding something something or someone can lead to fearing them and and we'd also be surprised that sometimes we hate people because we subconsciously fear them or what they represent our topic of the day is lgbtq plus and let's hop let's hop right into it uh could we have you to uh uh verbalize a little bit of your experience while identifying as members of the lgbtq plus community i'll go first um i identify as a gay man i've uh, i came out to my friends um back god knows when prehistoric um that was back in high school it was actually 10 years ago. Then I, when I went to college, um, I remember coming out to my mother. It was, uh, it was a, it wasn't a late night. It was just nighttime, summer of 2013. It was due to the fact that I lost a friend who identified, well, he mentioned that he didn't know what, he didn't have an identity, but he identified to other people that he was gay. So there must have been a, not a comfortability around certain peers of his. So long story short, he passed away that summer and it compelled me to live my honest truth. Um, and so I came out to my mother and I left the voicemail and said, I was like, oh, I gotta talk to you about something. And so she called back and I was like, my heart sank and it was racing. And I was like, okay, let me say this really fast. And so I like men, she's like, oh, I know. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, I, you know, <laughs> I was waiting for like rejection. I hate you. Don't ever talk to me again. And no, it was, wasn't like that. It was, um, you know, it was kind of like, well, you have to do what's best for you. And it hasn't been like that with everyone. Um, I, after I kind of told my mother, I kind of left it open into the abyss of who should know and who should not know. I just thought, okay, if anything ever happens to me, let it not be, oh, I didn't know. Right. So. Beautiful. And I want to circle back to that. But first, uh, Mark, what's your experience been like? Yeah, of course. Um, so I am now 20 years old. Um, and I've, I've been known that I was gay since I was like in first grade. I just didn't know how to like articulate it. But like when I was in sixth grade, I came out to like one of my friends at basketball pra practice. And then somehow like 
my entire sixth grade class ended up like knowing <laughs> after that. Um, just like one person after the other just kind of like found out. Um, and for the most part, like people in my grade supported me slash already knew, um, especially, just, especially just kind of like growing up in this new generation. Um, I didn't feel as marginalized as I could have. Um, however, like there were like a lot of boys in my class who were kind of like homophobic towards me. And, and I, I guess like that kind of affected, affected the way that I, I viewed Male, male friendships um, going forward because like because I was scared of like all, all these boys when I was younger um, I kind of assumed that like when I was growing older all boys thought thought that way um, and even like I, I went to an all boys high, high school um, and some of the boys there like they were homophobic but like for, for the most part again like growing up in the in the generation that I'm growing up in it didn't feel as marginalizing as it could have like 20, 30 years ago. And in terms of my family, um, I came out to my mom once when I was 14. I think I was like in ninth grade and she did not want to hear it at all. Um, but I think like she just knew that like she couldn't do anything about it. So then like eventually, like by the end of high school, she just like did not care. Um, and she did like accept me for like who I am. And then my sister had always known to my older sister and my other fa family members have also known, but like we just don't talk about it. But I'm, I'm, I mostly talk about like my, my, my queerness with my older sister because like she's like the person who like, who was just like has always been there for me. Um, and recently when I was in high, high school, I discovered what kind of like gender non-conformity non was. And I, I was like, wow, maybe this is me. Um, so when I got to college, I was like, I'll just start using he, 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 they, if like I feel most comfortable with that. And then I found that like using they pronouns felt the best to me. Um, so me discovering that I was non-binary as well has been like a more recent occurrence in the last like two to three years. Um, but I feel very comfortable identifying um, as non-binary non now. My sister knows, um, and I texted my mother, I was non-binary like two weeks ago. <laughs> and um, she got it, but I don't think she fully understands. But if she knows that like I don't conform to gender, that's all I care about. Even, even if she doesn't fully understand it because she is like in her 50s. Um, so yeah, I just feel like my queer identity is like ever expanding. And there have been struggles like amidst that, but um, I'm, I'm glad to kind of be young and to know like where I'm at now, even though everyone is on their own path and their own own journey. Mine just happened to start early. So, definitely, yeah. definitely. So um, uh, you said you knew that you were gay in first grade. Yeah. Right? And that uh, later in life, you uh, came to identify as uh, non-binary. Yeah. Now, um, the world has had, uh, and, and uh, I guess society, has had a lot longer of a time to uh, come to terms with identifying as gay than they have uh, non-binary. So as someone who has identified as both, is, is there a, do you notice a difference in, uh, would you say that you notice a difference in how society might treat gay people versus non-binary? Oh, yes. Um, I think that at least like at school, pronouns is a thing that has been emphasized a, a lot. Um, but like people have not, I guess, be like, unless like you're like in a space that like asks people what their pron pron pronouns are, I don't think that it's like such an emphasis to even inquire a person who you may think is cisgender um, to not be. So I think that society, at least like in the past couple years, have has like been have been more inclined to understand like what non-binary truly means. Um, and because like people still have a hard time accepting binary trans people um, and they themselves like ha like go through a lot of sh um, a lot of struggles and like people don't e e even res respect binary trans people either. Um, so I, I, but I, I think that like American society is is moving towards a more inclusive place for like we're like we're like respecting people who identify with like multiple different gender identities and, and pronouns as well. But like 
there is like a longer way to 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 go. But in terms of like being gay or or less or 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 lesbian, bisexual is a different ex- experience. But like in, in terms of like being gay or lesbian, I think that people, at least in the U.S., like have become more ex- accepting of that. But I think that there is like a lot of st- stigma around bisexuality or pans- or pansexuality as well. Merlin, you mentioned, uh, and this would be the last question before I, because I, I want to let Anna talk too. Um, Merlin, you mentioned that you came out to your mother in college or when you were in college, uh, 2013, uh, which wasn't that long ago. So, um, but you said that she was like, I know. So um, as you would come out to more people, did did you get that response more than you expected? And uh, if so, were people treating you how they would treat gay people before you came out? You know, it's interesting because I, depending on the circumstance or depending on the time period, if it's, you know, trendy to be able to say that you're gay or, you know, sometimes if it gets the foot in the door, then yeah, I'll use it. If it's if it's not beneficial to me, I'm not going to use it. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, like, right. um, it for me, that's kind of how I grew up and raised when it comes to the professional field. What can get me into the most doors, most opportunities? Uh, I'm not saying that being gay is something that, you know, I, I just choose to do. Being gay is something that, you know, I definitely identify as, you know, that's definitely something that's right. me. But, you know, certain uh, places like the Heavenly Promoter advertise, oh, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, um, and they think they're at times um, winning by that, but really it's a kind of a trade-off, whatnot. But for me, you know, if to kind of answer your question, when people find out uh, if I tell them or not, sometimes socially, sometimes professionally, I don't quite get a reaction that much or people are like, oh, I didn't know or um, what that. Yeah, I, ju- I just I just live my life. You know, I, I, I stay to myself and, you know, I don't know what to, yeah, I, 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 I that's an interesting question. I, I'm not, um, but yeah, it, that's kind of how I have done it uh, from be- prior to telling my mother and then post telling my mother. Gotcha. Uh, it, it's just not something I, you know, if, it, if I say it, I say it. Uh, if I don't, then, you know. How should um, we as allies Build spaces that are more um, that are more inclusive for any type of person in the community, and regardless of our own preferences or religious views. Being um, at least in terms of like trans identities and and pronouns and stuff, I think if there if there are spaces that like black people specifically will kind of get in community with each other in, um, especially like if someone is cisgender, um, having them say their pronouns or introduce themselves with their pronouns, I think can be a step because it won't make trans slash non-binary people feel as if they have to just do it to kind of out themselves or feel like, oh, like I'm just doing it because I, I don't want somebody to use the wrong pronouns for me when, like, it should just be implied that, like, people should use the correct pronouns when referring to someone. So so that's one thing. And I think the other, um, it's just to kind of understand that no matter how someone religiously identifies, um, I, I don't think any religion, and, like, this, this is from, this is coming from somebody who grew up Catholic. I don't think any religion, um, truly justifies hom- homophobia or transphobia or like any other um system of a oppre- system of oppression because even though like religion is or-, or organized at the end of the day it is like a very personal and spiritual experience um and religion is one's own journey and people who identify as something that the bible or whatever religious book is against per se 
um, can also experience that that religion in a very fruit, fruitful way. Um, so I think that religion is should never be a hindrance to respecting or or, or centering or being or like being being friends with someone who is like LGBTQ plus. In my uh, opinion, um, it works twofold. So, and I, I'm only saying these two demographics because that, these are the demographics I've been around the most. But when it comes to white and black, either one is imperfect because you have the white gay community that is not only extremely racist in certain stances, but also going back to what I said uh, earlier about I pick and choose when I say it, they can also pick and choose when they want to use it. Oh, I want to be a minority one day. Or, oh, you know, yada, yada, yada. So for me, I'm only playing the game that has been presented to me. Uh, and so, you know, it, it th that's how it goes in that community. The Black community is deeply rooted in the religious standpoint based on our history. But the thing is, you know, uh, many groups of people like to use that one scripture on Levit Leviticus, uh, which, you know, I I'm, I'm glad that people use that one verse, but you got to read the scripture. The thing is, when you really read the Bible, Jesus and God were all about love. When Jesus was on this earth, and I don't want to get too religious, but he hung around, he didn't hang around the 1%. He didn't hang right. around the Bill Gates of that time. Absolutely. He hung around with, you know, people that were at the bottom. Right. That being said, we as people, whether you're white or black, because I grew up in a religious household as well, but we as people need to really think differently on how we view anyone in any space. It shouldn't have been until 2021 that we're having these this these discussions about inclusivity, it should have always mm -hmm. been there. Mm -hmm. You know, we should always have a standpoint of including everybody. People need to get out of the mindset that, oh my God, there's a gay person in the room. They must be trying to be attracted to me. Right. Yeah. Nobody's attracted to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> at, at all. <laughs> Go about your business. Right, Nobody's right. attracted to you. Right. So it, it, people have to get out of that insecurity and that whatever issue that they have about different groups of people that's not them because it's not about you right it's about the entire community right but until we get out of the mindset it's always about me or uh my clique then we're going to always run into these issues of let's give inclusion inclusion diversity to everyone and until we get into the we and not me then we're going to always have these discussions well said well said both of you I do think it's important to uh, acknowledge, as somebody that uh, identifies as uh, Christian, when I was younger and I was in church, somebody that I looked up to, uh, I asked uh, flat out, does God categorize sin? And uh, by the way, uh, let me just put the disclaimer out there. I'm not trying to convert anybody. What you believe religiously is your business and you're right. Do, do what you do. Um, but uh, I asked them flat out, does God categorize sin? And what they told me was that uh, there are only two uh, things listed as abominations in the Bible. And uh, that was uh, homosexuality and blasphemy. Um, now, as a kid, I thought, oh, okay, there you go. Uh, but as I got older, uh, I went to a Bible website, which everybody has access to in 2021. And I looked up the word abomination. And uh, what I found is that there are several sins that are listed as abominations, including uh, things like lying and people that are uh, sexually uh, impure, meaning meaning having sex before marriage or having uh, sex outside of your marriage outside, uh, once you're married. So uh, unfortunately, I do agree that uh, people have uh, used, weaponized uh, the Bible to uh, oppress different groups of people, uh, 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 whether it's women or... Uh, uh, homosexuals or, or anybody in the LGBTQ community or anybody else. Uh, unfortunately, the Bible has been weaponized and uh, twisted to be a form of hatred as opposed to love, which is what it's supposed to be. So uh, that was uh, beautifully uh, stated by both of you. Let's uh, open up the floor for some audience questions or uh, comments. Yeah, so a comment and, and a question. A comment for you, uh, 
as someone, a young man that grew up, in, I'm like, I'm Hispanic. I grew up in a very Catholic household and, and I identify as bisexual. So I, I, I see and I understand like that struggle that, uh, I, I would not like to generalize Catholicism. I still actively practice Catholicism. So I, I understand that struggle of loving a religion and like wanting to be a part of that religion, but also like it, it hurts because you want to identify as this one thing because that's you know who that's that's who you are on the inside and yet some people in that circle may tell you that you cannot be this these these two things which I, I understand that, that that can suck and a question I have for you since I identify as bisexual and you talked about it earlier about the, the trend of it is to be like to, to constantly come out I'm like considerably I feel like I'm very comfortable in my masculinity but I feel like these days that there is a certain way to be gay, to be bisexual. Can you touch on like, cause it's more like I'm asking for advice. Cause like, I, I feel like I'm not perceived as bisexual enough. And I feel like a lot of the ways that I perceive myself as bisexual become invalidated, even though, cause I keep that to myself for the most part. I'm just like, if someone asks and I feel comfortable, I'll tell them. So I'm always and, getting, why don't you date girls? You know? Yeah. And yeah. I, and I'm, for long game. Yes. So, like, I, I ask you, like, how do you feel about this, like, trend of, like, I having to be, like, I'm gay, or, like, can you offer advice on, for someone who are more masculine, how they can approach that, either bisexual or gay? Wow. Um, no, thank you so much for your question. I enjoy both my masculine side and some of my feminine side. You know, I, I, I had a hard time grappling with that. Uh, but I, I, in my opinion, I feel that a lot of men and women have both masculine and feminine energy. It, it's just natural, you know, whatever it is. I don't uh, know every individual. But for me, you know, I've gotten really comfortable and it took me a while to get comfortable in my own skin and uh, how I identify because I was uh, had the insecurity of being judged and being like oh i don't know but now it's just like it is what it is when people start kind of putting things on me like oh you got a girl or something i'm just like yeah sure in your opinion yeah i got a girl okay whatever that is uh but i know in my mind where i stand uh i know that other people may not be uh comfortable with that and they may need to express uh, or overexert, uh, like, no, I'm gay. For me, it is what it is. You know, I, I know what I am. I know what I identify as. I know what I like. Um, and, you know, going around uh, to every person and saying, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. At the end of the day, what is that going to bring me? Or what is, what is that going to bring you? Um, what kind of satisfaction is that going to bring? Uh, is that going to make you happy at the end of the day? Is that going to uh, hit the groups that you want to uh, know about uh, your sexuality? For, I just want to live my life and enjoy company with people who like and care about me. Uh, if other people are interested in that, okay, so be it. You know, you can come enjoy my journey with me, but. You know, if I got to jump through hoops to identify or uh, self-preserve, then that's too much energy that I'm putting on one or a group of people, and I'm just going to bow out. So you keep doing you. You're uh, a fantastic person. And keep enjoying the life that you are building because where you're going is up. Where the other people like to judge and say, oh, bye is this, bye is that. Leave those naysayers where they're at. Because that's, you know, if they're spending that much time about your sexuality, then they're the ones with the problem, not you. Um, and also just to briefly say, um, I know like a lot of queer people can be, or just like can police what is deemed queer and like what is not. So yeah, um, just bumping off from what he said, um, like, you don't owe anyone an explanation of, like, what your identity is or, like, how you, how you I, I, identify, especially because, like, um, sexual attraction does not always equate to gender expression or gender I identity. So, like, there is no one way to be bi. Um, and I feel like 
While a lot of straight people are very toxic in that mindset, a lot of queer people are as as well. And like, it, it, it is hard to navigate that. So yeah, just like, Keep keep going on. Like, don't be afraid to and like, don't be afraid to call pe- people out for like policing who you are because like that's just not an okay thing to do. I think that's a that's a really good point. Um, we've kind of veered towards one of the things that I wanted to talk about or one of the things that I wanted to ask about, and that was whether or not there are stigmas within the LGBTQ plus community that the LGBTQ plus community puts on each other like is there is there a lot of uh self-hate and infighting amongst each other and what do what do those uh stigmas look like but um i would say i guess like being black and being in the lgbtq community um a lot of like and like it also depends like geographically where 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 you're at but at least like where i've grown up to now um I've been around like a lot of different types of LGBTQ people, but if I am in like an interracial setting, um, a lot of queer people can be racist and um, anti-black at times, um, and like having to call people out in a community that is already supposed to be seen as being ac- accepting is very exhausting at times. Um, and, and I also wish that I could also say that it's just like white gay people who incite this anti-blackness within the community. But um, it also comes from non-black people of color as well. Um, And it's just like, I've had to call out a lot of friends. I've had to call out a lot of people for being racist to me or just saying like very anti-black things or, or just like imposing standards or stereotypes on me that are just built out of stereotypes and that aren't actually real. Um, and this, and this, it, and like this comes from like desirability or dating all the way to like um, friendships or just like representations in the media. Um, so like all, all across the landscape, I think that like black, black LGBTQ people, at least like within the LGBTQ community, um, we're kind of like on, like on like the bottom of the racial hierarchy because it's just like a lot of discrimination um but yeah it's it, it's a it's a lot of hatred a, a lot of div- division but like it's never caused by okay actually black lgbtq people have their own issues that i could talk about in a bit but in the lgbtq community in general um there is a lot of race racism and anti-blackness that exists and you know you actually kind of hit on this uh and i didn't answer your question so i'm sorry i only answered one part but when you were asking uh about the aesthetic and the look visually. Um, I don't know how many of you all have been on apps, you know. I used to do the app thing, and when I was on there, I realized, and I'm realizing it now because I'm not on there, but how depressed I really was and how miserable I was by being on those apps. Because you gotta be a certain look. You gotta act a certain way. You gotta be a certain thing. Uh, If you're not this, then you don't cut it or you just get ghosted or blocked. Um, and it's like you have to do so many things to prove yourself for what? Okay, so i like to ask um, for anyone out there listening, regardless of their age or race, what would some advice be for them coming out, like, to their parents or friends? I would say that, like, coming out can sometimes be a trap, um, and that, like, coming out isn't, like, the pinnacle of happiness because, like, it really isn't anyone's business how you self-identify um i would say that if you know that it's going to make you happy and that like you know that like this is something that you truly want to do like if you want to share this part of your life with someone close to you um and you know that like you will be financially stable and you also have all the other resources and things that you'll need and like your your safety is not at risk um and if you want if you do want to come out then i encourage i encourage you to but if you're feeling pressured by the society around you um, or by pe- pe- people for them to get to know your business, then, like, you don't have to come out because, like, you don't owe anyone um, what your sexual identity is, what your gender identity is. Um, it's really, like, a personal choice. Um, and, I, and, I, and I feel like in the Western world, like, we have just hyper-emphasized um, coming out when it's, like, really no one's 
business who who you are. But um, I would say that for me, I haven't even had to come out in most contexts because like people just assume that I'm gay because I'm feminine. Um, but like some sometimes like if I if I had the ability to like conceal who I was at at times, I would not tell pe- 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 people because one, my safety could be at could be at risk, and two, um, it's just like no one's business who I like or like how I identify. Um, but like it's to each to each their own. But like yeah, that's just my personal opinion. Hey everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for our Pick the City Up art interlude. Featuring an original piece by Story Stitches Artist Collective called Anti. Anti, anti, I ain't bother you, where did I go wrong? Anti, anti, I ain't on that, please leave me alone. Anti, anti, bully me, then regret it when I'm gone. Anti, 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 anti. Anti-anti, I ain't bother you, where did I go wrong? Anti-anti, I ain't no net, please leave me alone Anti-anti, bully me, then regret it when I'm gone Anti-anti, anti-anti 16 with a dream, not on involved Glocks with the beam, I don't wanna hit the blunt I don't wanna sip the lean, got my head on straight With a high-civil steam, cause I'm <laughs> Headed for the top, ain't got no time for no roadblocks I ain't hitting the block, in the spot Ay, Ducking the cops, ducking the shots you need to pick up the slack You could be the leader of the pack Ain't no sense of following the blind I guarantee they won't have your back You ain't gotta do what they do Shoot what they shoot Decisions all up to you Ain't no breeze Cause if you ask me I tell them One, two, three Ayy Anti, anti I ain't bother you Where did I go wrong? Anti, anti I ain't no that Please leave me alone Anti, anti Booty me And regret it when I'm gone Anti, anti I think for me, um, being in my uh, late 20s now, uh, I'm, it's literally one fit in the door now. And then the, the big 3-0 is coming 2022, as they call it, Dirty 30. Dirty 30. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I'm like, uh, wow, where's the time going? Uh, but for as um, coming out, I think looking back at it, I strategically came out when I did to certain people because I knew 
I wasn't going to lose anything. Like strategically coming out at 21 versus coming out uh, when I was in high school. Right. Knowing that, oh, if she like disowns me, I'm not living with her anyway. So it doesn't hurt me. Um, but, you know, certain people I know are not able to wait or not able to, you know, kind of wait it out until post high school because, you know, things might be going on in high school or things might be going on at home that uh, makes them uh, have to be vocal. Uh, that being said, it's really on a case by case basis on how those individuals handle it. Um, but what I would say is definitely put your, surround yourself with people who care and love you. Uh, and some people think, oh, well, I have a family. Create your own family. Because sometimes blood is not always your family. And I learned that the hard way 10 times over. Uh, you know, I got the scars, the tears to prove it. Uh, sometimes family is the people that adopt you or you adopt them. And you all are this great clique of people and they're your ride or dies. Um, and they will understand and they will, you know, be with you no matter what the circumstances is. And, you know, I found that out um, throughout this decade of my life uh, that it wasn't the people that I thought or assumed was supposed to care and love me. It was the people that, you know, I at times distanced myself from because of my own hurt and my own trauma that I went through with the blood relatives. And so, you know, the, these are just things that I'm kind of coming and reflecting on as really the end of the year is happening as we speak and also the end of a decade. <laughs> Before we get into uh, more questions, I want to open the floor again for anybody else that may have any questions, comments, concerns. So earlier you said you identified with non-binary. Um, I uh, identify as bi-gender, gender fluid. And I was wondering, how do you... Uh, deal with people misgendering you and how do you politely correct them? That is such a good question because I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> Trying to understand um, what it means for somebody to misgender you. Um, it, it can be like a very awkward thing. Like um, if someone, whether it's like a professor, a, a friend, someone you look up to and like they just use the wrong pronoun for you, you're like, one, like, you notice it and you're like, oh, damn, like, <laughs> I was not ex ex expecting that. But two, like, I just don't want to, like, cut them off from their sentence. And then three, it's like, do I even want to go go through the eff effort of going up to them afterwards, either in person or via a message or e e email, and, like, tell tell them, hey, that wasn't okay. Like, this, these are not my pronouns. Please do better. Please try better again. But if that happens over and over again, it's kind of like, how much more patient do you have to be? Um, so I really had to grapple with that and I guess kind of meet people where they are, but also knowing my own boundaries and like what I will, will accept because if someone is truly struggling with it, um, that's understandable, but also from the other end, I'm the person being affected by the misgendering. So like, despite someone, despite someone feeling very bad for it, being misgendered is not like a good feel, feeling because like you you just feel like your gender identity is not being val val validated in like its most basic form, like a cis person's is. Um, and I think that, I don't know, like it's a very hard question. Like I'm still trying to fi figure that out now. And there is like no perfect way to do it. I, I I would just say what matters is that like you do stand up and advocate for, for yourself or if you have friends around you because you may not always have the energy to, to do so, tell them and also have them advocate for you because it should not always be your job because like you just can assume what's, what someone's pronouns are. And if you mis misgender them, then like that's going to be an okay thing. Like no, people need to be held accountable, but it's not always up to you to do that. So that's a that's a good answer. I want to add something to it. Not I won't I won't sit here and pretend like I know what it's like to be actively 
misgendered outside of people intentionally trying to, you know, make me mad or something like that. I, I just want to say that that as a human, you have the right to feel however you feel. I said no, nobody, uh, no other human has the authority to give or take your right to feel anything. So if you feel hurt, you have a right to feel that way. If you feel angry, you have a way, a right to feel that way. That's you know whether or not it's justified is a completely different conversation and a different topic. But in that moment, uh, I would advise to, to give yourself permission to feel however it is you feel about it, regardless of what's going on. Give give yourself permission to feel however it is you feel about whatever's happening. You know, I think that's the first step. If you try to act like you don't feel however it is you feel or deny feeling whatever it is you feel, then then it's harder to understand why you feel that way. You know, it, 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 you, you don't do anybody any favors by denying yourself the right to feel emotion. Nobody. It's not, and, and it's, it's not, sometimes it feels noble, I guess, you know what I'm saying, to save somebody from the wrath or whatever. And, and you don't have to, like, let's say you feel angry. Resisting the urge to lash out on somebody isn't denying yourself the right to feel anger. You know what I'm saying? That, that's not the same thing. I don't want to misconstrue that. It's not the same thing. But um, denying yourself the right to feel anything, it's, it's not noble. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not nice. It's not special. It, it literally does no favors, favors to anybody. To anybody. So, so feel how you feel. Hi. Yeah. So um, I definitely want, I guess, like comment. Um, I definitely agree. Um, with Mark's point about like kind of the ritualism surrounding like coming out um, and how it's kind of become this kind of like, this is how you prove that you're really gay by coming out um, because it's like being gay without performing um, is not really seen as legitimate. And so I had a question for both of you as black queer people. How do you feel like your blackness informs or like um, affects your queer presentation, seeing as within the queer community, there are a lot of stereotypes around black queer people, whether it's like, you know, black masculine presenting people automatically being tops or like sexually aggressive or like black, like lesbian woman being like, um, you know, conforming to, you know, heteronormativity through like femme, like the femme stud stem dynamic. Um, and I know that like you might not necessarily be able to speak to the experience of, um, you know, black lesbians, but to speak to the experience of as black queer people, how does your blackness affect your queer presentation? That's such a great uh, question, Alex. And, you know, kind of looking back at uh, the historical content, uh, context of uh, black masculinity, being the man, uh, whatnot, I think another thing that I've noticed is uh, if it's not religion, then it's, oh, well, black people didn't act like that before. You know, you, you look at slavery and how they tried to demasculize men, and which is true, don't get me wrong. That is uh, a very valid point, but you can't uh, deny somebody's identity based on something that happened during the slavery era or post-slavery era uh, because we all have choices as humans, as individuals, you know, and I can't say, oh, I'm gay because grandpappy from uh, Mississippi was brutalized and traumatized by a slaveholder. You know, I can't say that. You know, I, I can't say that I'm gay because I've always been attracted to guys. So, you know, I don't know where that stems from. But, you know, for the Black community, it's very complex because there's a lot of complexities. Uh, and I'm still trying to realize what it is to be a man and Black here in America. You know, I went over to China, Beijing, and, you know, I knew what I was going into. You know, I knew that there might be a portion of the population that's racist, a portion of the population that's suspicious and whatnot. I knew where I was standing. I knew where I stood when it came to certain aspects of things. And really, I feel like I was treated in, um, besides the work field, uh, better than I would have been treated here in America. I come back in America and I'm like, oh, this again. <laughs> it is like, you know, and I, and I get that sometimes from 
different uh, ethnicities other than uh, Black America at times, because it's like, why is it that certain races, minus for the exception of white, why is certain races treating me better than my own community? You know, I will bat for my community, but yet they're not batting for me. They're not showing me love. You know, so it, 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 it's, it's hard sometimes um, because it's either you're not black enough, why are you gay, uh, why are you this, why are you that? And it's like, dang, you know, you don't really get breaks uh, when you're queer and black, but um, maybe that's just me. No, like, I definitely agree. Um, and speaking more to, like, the ro- like the romance part of it, um, going to Wash Wash You is, like, a very interesting experience um, because, like, it is really white, um, and it's really, like, yes, like, there's other minority groups, but, like, it's also really not Black. Um, so not having, like, queer people around you who are not Black um, can be so tiring at times. Um, and you would just hear people or see things on, on dating apps or just, like, see, like, archetypes of, like, the same types of, like, white gay people. And it's just, like, so an- annoying because it's, it's, like, where is, like, the diversity here? Um, and... I don't know. I just feel like because I learned what intersectionality was at, like, a young age, and I also kind of, like, was very proud of, like, being Black and queer, like, since I I was, like, 15 years old, um, I grew a confidence in myself that I was not going to take any racism, any anti-Blackness from anyone. Um, And I just feel like... (laughs) Some queer people just just choose to like put themselves in the marginal p- position just because they're 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 queer, but they don't ever understand how race affects like how like how you even present as queer. Race affects what whether people see your queer identity as real in the first place. Um, so that's like one 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 side of it. And um, speaking to like the black manhood part of things. I think one of the reasons why I've grown to become non-binary is because, like, I don't see myself fitting into, like, what society has constructed of, like, what, like, Black manhood is. Um, And, like, if you're Black yourself, you know, like, that there's many types of Black men. And, like, like, there's, like, no one archetype of anyone. Um, But also seeing how, like... Gender is a very touchy t- um, t- topic because it's like, wh- what do we, we even constitute as being a, 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 a man? Like, why does why is why is masculinity assigned to someone who specifically appears this way? Um, and and I think black men specifically are tied to like these like these like stereotypes um, or these pre- pre- presentations. So like, race always affects how your gender is viewed. Um, and I think that, like, even, like, my race plays into how people see my non-binary um, identity as valid because, like, people are like, oh, like, non-binary may be just, like, a white thing when, like, it's, like, not. Um, and just because I appear as a Black man does not mean that I identify that way. So it's a very complex thing. Like, I, I, I can talk about this for hours, but just to keep it short. I kind of want to, uh, could you two touch on your uh how how important you feel like representation is i I feel, I feel i feel like a lot of us are marginalized because of a lack of representation and in my opinion things like racism and homophobia or 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 any of these other isms in a lot of cases i believe they're subconscious games so 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 most most people wouldn't say um, I'm racist, you know. They 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 just or or I hate black people, you know. They just feel really uncomfortable around black people and stuff like that, you know. So 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 you could be racist or homophobic and have no idea that you're racist or homophobic. So uh, so 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 first, could you speak a little bit, or or or, or just in general, could you could you talk about how important you believe uh representation? might be or how much that might play a role in uh people feeling like non-binaryism is 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 just for white people or 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 that a masculine gay person has to be a top or whatever case any other uh stereotypes i think representation is so important 
Um, because like, again, there is no one type of person, no matter how many identities you add, like there are still so many diverse people in this world, in this country. Um, so even like for a black gay man, like there are just so many different types of black gay men. Like there is not one type of black gay man. Um, there's no type of one Asian gay man, one type of Latino gay, gay man. Like people are just super different, super di diverse. And I think that the more we get representation of that, I think it'll be like a beautiful thing. And, and also understanding how like class and ability status affects how somebody lives lives their life um, is very important. So like it can be like representation in in the media, but also re representation in in books, representation in the workplace. Like just like seeing people like you do the things that you want to do or things that like you you idolize um, is so important because like if people like you haven't historically been in that space. You, you, you're just like, wow, like, I don't think that this is like meant for me, but it actually is. Um, so in terms of also like um, non-binariness too, I think because it's, 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 it's not like a new practice at all because humans since they've ex existed have not always conformed to what like society, the, the society around them has constructed for their gender identity. But because non-binary slash other non-normative gender identities have been such like new definitions in like the last 10 to 20 years. Um, I think also showing that non-binary people can be disabled, non-binary people can be people of color. Um, it's super important because like um, stereotypes are just kind of like infest our society. Um, and like that's, that's part of the reason why a lot of marginalized people are susceptible to to violence is because like these these harmful these harmful stereotypes are just kind of um pushed out through institutions um and it's and it's just like not like a good thing definitely and um i can't uh, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up everybody under the sound of my voice i want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of stitch cast studio uh thank you so much for listening thank you so much for tuning in uh mark merlin thank you so much for coming through and we out. Thank you for listening. And last but not least, we want to give a very special shout out to the Stitchcast Studio sponsors. Stitchcast Studio Season 2 in 2021 is sponsored by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund three-year grant from 2020 to 2022, Arts and Education Council, PNC Grant, and Lush Corporations, the Charity Pot. Peace in the Prairie is presented with support from Missouri Arts Council, a state agency which receives support from the state of Missouri and the National Endowment for Arts. Additional support is provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, Missouri Foundation for Health, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2020, Stewart Family Foundation, and Kranzberg Arts Foundation. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches. Story stitches.